Welcome to Mind Matters Perspectives, and I'm your host, Sneha. Perspectives is about bringing you conversations from individuals around the world, sharing their stories and experiences of life. We're trying to create a space to have the necessary but sometimes hard conversations on mental health, community, life, and everything in between. Conversation and information are an integral part of our lives and our growth. And with that very same hope, incredible people from all over the globe are sharing their perspective with you. Please know that sometimes these discussions get intense and we touch on topics like depression, anxiety, self-harm, abuse, and more. So if any of these topics can trigger you, please take care while listening. Listen with a friend or someone you trust. If this environment is not immediately available to you, I request to wait till you're in a better state of mind and a safer space. Also know we are not professionals giving out any medical opinions, but individuals sharing our perspective and our stories. If you need any professional help, please seek the same. This podcast is not a substitute for professional help. Thank you and take care. And without any more further delay, let's get into today's chat. Okay, so based on what you talked about now, uh, there was a question that someone asked me a couple of months ago, and it really like, it was on like a podcast, and like we were discussing, uh, uh, we were having a conversation, and then uh, a friend of mine just like asked me this question. And I was like, holy shit, that's, I took a couple of days to answer it. So I want to see how you're going to do. Um, because you mentioned your relationship with nature. So uh, what is nature to you? Like, what's your relationship with nature? That is a big old question. Isn't right? <laughs> that is a big, big question. What does nature mean to me? An awful lot <laughs> is, is what I'd say. Yeah, from as young as I can remember, really, um, I've felt like this connection to nature and been so kind of aware of the world around me, really. Um, and felt it at such a deep level, you know, if we weren't treating the planet well and just felt this um, huge pressure almost Um and this weight of like, you know, there's so much going on in the world. Like, how can I save it? And because like having so many ideas, but at the same time being so overwhelmed with those ideas, not even being able to start. Um, so yeah, it's always been hugely important to me. I, I try and get outside and be in nature as much as possible. Um, that's something, well, having to train so much for the events I do, um, that's a real blessing you know I purposely make sure as many of those sessions as possible are outside um so I can connect with it and I think that's the thing like nature it's <laughs> like it connects all of us right it's the it's the thing that connects everyone is where we are all human beings on this earth or all animals on this earth or you know all nature on this earth and it is our we talked about community earlier right we are all very much a community in that it is our collective responsibility to to look after this earth um to to make it sustainable and a better place so that we can all continue to enjoy it um and yeah it's just beautiful um it blows my mind <laughs> the the earth and the planet i remember i um I skydived a few years back and I remember um, 
I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that if you are jumping out of a plane at a serious height with only a parachute, like if there's any time you're allowed to be a little bit scared, it would be that. Um, but I genuinely wasn't. The higher up we got, I just I just felt this overwhelming sense of calm. Like I, wouldn't, I wasn't really sure how I would be jumping out of a plane, but I genuinely, it's one of the times in my life where I've never felt more calm. And I remember opening the hatch of the plane to jump out. And obviously, like, obviously you're not in space, <laughs> but you're still pretty high up. And just remembering, like, well, just, yeah, just this feeling of absolute insignificance, but being so okay with it. Like, feeling so small and just looking at the world and being like how vast and big it is and beautiful. Um, such a, like, a special moment. And... Yeah, it's, I just, it's something I'm so passionate about of making sure we connect to a nature as much as possible. Because like I said, it's what connects us all. Looking after nature as much as possible. Um, again, with my endurance events, that's driven that home even more. I've seen the impacts of like just in one single day for one event, how much that event can affect an environment for weeks, months. Mm. Um, and especially living in a country like England, um, quite, quite often my country won't even see all the main effects of it. You know, it will be other countries, um, you know, that have less of a socioeconomic status that will have those effects, you know, and that's absolutely our responsibility to ensure that that's not happening and we're looking after everyone um and I love that like depending where you are in the world like nature can look completely different right and I think every different environment you're in can teach you something completely different about yourself Mm -hmm. you know I feel like I'm a slightly different person when I'm in in England surrounded by you know all this kind of greenery um and this weather, you know, or this ever-changing weather than I am in, like, in America where it's, and in the West Coast where it's a lot more um, desert-based and this heat, you know, it brings out different qualities in you. It teaches you different things ab- about yourself. Um, and you learn how to make nature work with you because it's so powerful. You can, mm. you've never beat it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you have absolutely. to work with it. <laughs> you have to work with it. And um, it's interesting, I, to kind of tie it all up, I was out running, I put a story on my um, social media page the other day that really had touched me. I was out running a few weekends ago um, and it was a like a bank holiday weekend. So lots, and it was really nice weather. So lots of people had been out the day before and enjoying the outdoor space, which, you know, we've all been so looking forward to do especially after being locked down for so long and I went out running early the next morning by the river and I was just absolutely devastated with how much litter was along the floor it was everywhere along this riverbank there was ducks and swans like wading through it and I was just so sad and disappointed and it was just like this kind of grief feeling and you know so I and I just was like I can't I can't bear this I can't bear it so I stopped running I covered my hands and I just started picking the litter up because I was like someone's got to do it and why can't that person be me 
So started picking up litter and people were like walking past, cycling past, looking at me like I was absolutely crazy. Some of them give me a look of disapproval of like, why would you be picking up other people's rubbish, other people's trash? Um, so did the first like area on my own, walked further along to like the next area, started doing that as well. And then as I got to the third area, like this rubbish was going on for miles. Um, I got onto the third area and a dad and his daughter walked past and then they kind of backed up and then the dad started helping me and then the little girl started helped and he said thank you so much for doing this like my little girl's been crying her eyes out because she's been so sad about all the litter and she's been worried that it's gonna kill the swans so I just looked at her and I said like it makes me really sad too right I said but like today together maybe we can make a little bit of a difference what do you think about that so she said yeah so we started doing the next area together and then all of a sudden these um, rowers, they were just getting their boat out of the water and they put their boat down and then they started clearing up the area further along. And then a couple who were walking their dogs stopped and started picking it up. And before we knew it, there was just this massive line going on awesome. as far as you can see of people clearing up the area. And it moved me so much because I was that little girl growing up and I still am at times like I was running along thinking like what's going to happen to the poor swans and this grief of like why as humans have we done this you know why have we left our litter on the floor so I completely understood where that little girl was coming from um because that like I said it was me growing up I had so much anxiety and weight about that and it was just the best thing ever because the girl like looked around her like just in awe of all these people like it was it was like all of a sudden like these people have become possessed <laughs> they were I, remember, I remember reading this on your social media and I was like oh my god yes it just it was such a beautiful thing to read it just warmed my heart and it, it I think it was quite recent and uh, I it was actually very much within when we did that discussion on mental health and climate change mm. so i like it was mm. it's something that i've been thinking about a lot as well and i've realized that i have a lot of like anxiety with climate change and and but i never knew that there were terms for it and i also never realized that there are other people out there who also had such similar emotions and then i ended up doing we did a uh, an episode on perspectives where we talked about the overlap of the two and once that episode went out so many people got in touch saying that I have had such similar feelings but I never realized that others did too and that there were terms for it and that sort of like built on this idea like we need to have this discussion more I really want to explore this more and when we when I got a chance uh, again I pitched it to start the wave and they helped facilitate this discussion we got it out to a lot of people and I reached out to the person that I did the episode with we found people from all around the world like we had a discussion from it was literally across five countries so we had three people in Canada two people in the US one in South Africa one in the UK and I was sitting here in India and all of us just sat together and just had a conversation about this and we realized how often we have these kind of feelings about just the guilt about not doing enough for the uh, for the environment and like seeing probably all of us were that little girl that you talked about just scared about what's happening and 
wanting to do something about it and i love reading that story on your social media it definitely won my heart and especially when we were just like in depth of like those discussions it definitely hit a lot harder yeah no i i watched your panel i think a few days afterwards and it was such a beautiful um discussion and i'm so appreciative of that because like you said you can feel so alone in these feelings until you hear that other people and actually it wasn't until I did my podcast with Dom and they were saying about how they had grown up feeling the exact, well, I was talking about my experience and they were like, oh my goodness, same. Yes, I understand. Um, and really I hadn't talked about in depth with that of feeling like that before. So it just shows again, if you can be vulnerable and um, share that then you can find other like-minded people like they were like oh my goodness same my experience might be slightly different but I understand where you're coming from and then you had your panel and then you can just see in this panel of people all over the world had the similar experience um and then yeah again on my path randomly meeting like having this situation and meeting this girl and it was the best feeling because she just looked around her with like these doe eyes and just this drop jaw and then I just said to her, like, pretty cool, huh? And she just goes, that was magic. <laughs> uh, I, I'm and, glad that you got to have that moment with that kid and that kid got to experience that, like witness that moment. So you're, you're, you're making such cool change. You're doing it. Well, I had no idea that was what the impact that was going to make. Isn't that the make, best part? Right? Like yeah. just, just having like, the right drive? It was that idea of like, what can, how can I make positive change? What can I do right now of like this? I've started to manage this overwhelming, like feeling I had about the environment and grief and through meditation and various tools, I managed to kind of be able to scale it right down and in and think, okay, well, how do I, I can't control other people's behavior, but how do I want to show up in the world? And just by looking at myself and making that decision, and starting to pick up that rubbish, like I wasn't trying to impress everyone. In fact, most people walked past me for ages and was looking at me like I was completely crazy and definitely judging me in some way, or at least it felt like it. Um, and they certainly didn't want to help. Um, and then eventually me just doing that and doing my own thing because I believed in what I was doing and wanted to make a change, that then inspired other people in a oh, way that I, I, I fathomed, you know? Um, and it just shows that it only takes one person to make a difference and why, every why step, can't ev- you? yes exactly and every bit of it helps I think a lot of times what I've uh, noticed is especially when it comes to like um, activism with related to like climate change and the environment I feel like there is this sort of uh, perception that if I'm not doing it 100% right why should I do it and this is something like, oh my God, no, even if it's a bit, even if it's like a few steps, it does make a difference. It will compound into bigger action, but take that small action. Even if you're not in a place to go hundred percent all in, do it. If it's 20%, then let it be that 20%. It will compound into much bigger action eventually. No, but it's something we can all relate to, right? I think we can all put a lot of pressure on ourselves and you don't know who that's like, inspiring right I, I remember a friend saying afterwards about my story and they're like oh well done for doing that that you know that was really good but they said I hope like don't get too upset 
tomorrow when you go out for a run because you do know there's going to be litter again mm. like it's gonna happen again like so you know it's kind of like what's the point and I just said well there might be but it's it's helped today and also there might be litter tomorrow and I might have to pick it up again or maybe someone else will pick it up tomorrow but every single person that stopped to help me today they might think twice about being the person to go clean it up next time. They might think twice about when they consider dropping something on the floor, you know, about thinking twice about it. So you have no idea what the indirect effects of that action is as well, you know. So it's these small little actions that can make a big difference. And if we can do that collectively, then that really is magic. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Magic is the perfect word. Like, that kid got it right. <laughs> yeah, she nailed it. <laughs> like, great word. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I wanted to ask you a question, if that's okay. Um, we Let's were talking about your... Yeah, we were talking about your podcast before, and obviously mental health is a huge theme. What tools have you picked up along your journey that have helped you personally moving forward? Okay, um, so when you sent me this question, I was like, okay, uh, what have I used to cope with my my journey? I think um, to start off, a huge, 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 huge part of my journey is music. Um, just I, as a person, have music in my ears 95% of the time I'm awake. If I don't have anything else to, uh, going on, like if I'm not in a conversation with someone or uh, listening to a lecture, but uh, there is music in my ears. And the reason that I have music in my ears is, so with my mental health journey, like I mentioned, it took me a couple of years before I got help. And when I finally did get help, things got a bit complex and a bit complicated. And when Mm -hmm. I finally went through the whole therapy process and I'm still in therapy and I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression and complicated grief and PTSD and sleep paralysis. And so a lot of uh, these issues for me kind of is a lot of uh, difficult thoughts that are constantly going on in my head. And also at times I get stuck in a sort of, I get stuck in the same, how do I say this, situation that caused a lot of pain for me almost uh, especially with the PTSD I tend to have a lot of flashbacks and like getting back into that uh, space and I, I, I get paralyzed in it so one way that I've always managed to like cope with these thoughts is music and there's honestly there's a twofold reason to it so one reason why I connect with music so much is music was a huge part of my brother's life he was a musician as well and he created a lot of music and that was a big part of our relationship as well and I feel like connecting with music almost feels like I'm connecting with him and another part with music is the beats having a sort of rhythm in my ears helps me sort of function if that makes sense and it, it, it's it's a way that I can keep uh, a systemic process in my head to like actually have a thought process or else I don't think I would have any sort of thought process everything would just be too jumbled and it would be too chaotic but music mm-hmm. helps that rhythm and those beats help me keep 
and sort of function. Mm-hmm. I probably would not be able to function had it not been for some constant form of rhythm in my head. Um, another thing that kind of helped me out a lot is uh, with my journey, especially with grief, um, I had a lot of anger. It's like you said, there are just so many emotions under, uh, like with grief and uh, I had a lot of anger and I, I won't lie, I still do. In the start, when I used to get stuck in those episodes, I would have a very physical reaction to it, which would be punching walls. And I would do it a lot. And I've had bloody knuckles for days, or torn ligaments in my fingers because of this very unhealthy reaction. And I realized that it's not something I can sustain for a long time. I mean, I can't always punch walls. I'm, I'm obviously not a, a long-term sustainable uh, practice. And I've been in and out of therapy with different therapists till I found the right fit. And this one therapist, God bless her soul, she suggested. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the therapists told me like, write down your feelings, journal, and it did help. It, it helped like get certain thoughts out of me, but it did not help with the anger. And what- Physical. Yeah, I needed like a physical exertion out of everything. So one of my, ther- my therapist eventually was like, okay, we, you need to get that anger out and you need to have like a physical outlet to it but obviously punching walls is not sustainable so she suggested Mm -hmm. I get into like combat sports and that's kind of how I fell into mixed martial arts and it was a huge turning point and it was bloody genius to be honest I had the same outlet I could punch stuff I could kick stuff and I could get my anger out but it was in a safer environment I had the right tools and I had the right uh, space. I had a trainer that made sure I did it with the right technique. So I got my outlet, but at the same time, I didn't get hurt, which was pretty awesome. And another thing that I use a lot is the grounding technique, which is basically Mm -hmm. the activation of the five senses. So you uh, Mm -hmm. hear something, feel something, taste something, touch something, see something. So uh, the idea behind the technique is to sort of get your mind to focus on other aspects, other things than the thoughts that actually freak you out or the space that you're terrified of being in. So the grounding technique has been a huge, huge part of my every night, honestly. Uh, Another reason why I always have music in my ears, I need something to listen to. Uh, But yeah, so these are the three main techniques that I guess that I use. And honestly, like uh, with Mind Matters, uh, because of all the conversations I've had, I've learned more and I've gotten to understand more coping mechanisms and like sort of tools that I could use and things like that, which has been really cool. And I've been slowly getting into meditation, but I'll be honest, it's it's honestly very hard, especially with someone who suffers from PTSD. It is terrifying to like pause and like listen to your thoughts because I get... I tend to dissociate from reality when I get stuck in my PTSD, with, when my PTSD sets in yeah. and I lose time and I don't feel safe in that environment. And sometimes I'm not in the most, uh, in a space where I have tools to like get out of it in a safe and healthy way. So meditation is something like really, I've been trying to get into slowly and it's been a bit hard, but, but yeah, I mean, so those are the tools that I use. I know meditation is a big part of your life. Would you want to talk a little bit about how you kind of got into that? Yeah. Um, first of all, beautiful. Um, thank you for sharing that. Certainly um, is a is a vulnerable thing to share, and I'm I'm glad 
you are finding tools that are helping and you know um some people just don't get on with meditation at all which is okay um you know sometimes it's not the right tool for you there's better ones or you're just on a journey for me interestingly enough like meditation was something I hugely struggled with as well so um I've also suffered um with PTSD I still do to a to a great extent um and for me similarly like meditation is something that I was very scared of for a long time and would would avoid because it was this idea that if I were to be alone with my thoughts if I were to sit with my thoughts it would be almost like a Pandora's box effect of like if I opened this box of my feelings and my thoughts they would all come flying out and uh, attack me and I could never close the box again you know um and I didn't want to do that it was like or you know in England we might say opening like a can of worms sort of thing so um you know opening this thing that then you couldn't contain and that's something that scared me for a long long time so um and also I I grew up from a very young young age as long as I can remember I suffered with anxiety but I didn't know that's what I had at the time. I didn't have a name to it. We very rarely talked about, we didn't really talk about mental health at all at home or at school. Um, the education system very much taught you things outside of yourself and not inside of yourself. Um, so yeah, it was, oh, it was just as long as I can remember, I just had this like nervous vibration that would literally overwhelm me. It would just be this constant terrifying vibration that I was kind of stuck with. And um I had some bad experiences growing up and I kept them to myself for a, a long time almost two decades and I'm very much kind of still on my journey with that stuff absolutely um but also not only with those experiences but also having been so alone in them for so long and keeping this stuff to myself you know, um, I know exactly that, what you mean that's had just as many side effects and there's so much with that and things that I've had um, I'm having to unlearn still um even as I'm approaching my 30s so yeah so meditation um I have talked about this recently a, a lot on my own podcast I um a couple of years back now did a Vipassana meditation retreat which is a 10-day meditation retreat of um complete silence so no talking, no eye contact, um, because that's a form of discussion, no distractions, not even like a pen or paper or book. Um, so really couldn't be more terrifying for me of like completely and utterly like alone with my thoughts. Um, and also I'm an absolute fidget. I'm always moving. My biggest tool so previously had been exercise. Um, almost to a fault really um, exercise has always helped me but because that was my only tool that was the only thing I was using <laughs> to try help me and you, you can't you know if you use one tool it's going to eventually like break or exhaust itself um, I needed to add some other tools to my toolbox so I didn't kind of completely wear out and um, yeah how meditation came to me was a gift actually that's how I, I met Dom 
Dominique Pove Chalkley, um, or like newer Dom. Uh, I just randomly listened to a podcast they were on where he was also talking about Vipassana meditation. And I'd come across Vipassana meditation two years before I'd heard that podcast, basically. I was in LA, um, I was working at camp that summer, and I'd this woman had randomly been up at camp and we'd gotten onto the topic of anxiety and things like that. And I'd shared a little bit of my experience. And she said, have you ever tried Vipassana? And I'd never heard of it before. But like I say, this idea of being 10 days on your own with your own thoughts just seemed way too big and scary for me. So I kind of put it in my back pocket, didn't think about it again. And then a few years had gone past and I started I'd been thinking about it more because my anxiety had got to like a really really like it was very much debilitating and as an adult it was holding me back from a lot of things and I had a lot of inner turmoil and I hadn't been sharing things with people etc and so I'd been thinking about this for passenger again but I was just like I don't know again that I like do I want to open this box etc and then I'd randomly listened to this podcast where Dom was talking about the past meditation. I'd never heard anyone apart from this woman that camp talk about it before. And um, that was really my final kind of push. I saw it as a sign, um, booked a retreat. And even that, it wasn't easy to go because so many of my friends and family, it was all from a pace, place of care, but they were like, have you lost your mind? Like, what are you thinking? Like, you can't even meditate for five minutes. Like, what are you doing? Like, I didn't even know what I was doing. All I, I, I can't explain it. I just had this absolutely overwhelming feeling inside me where I was like, I have to do this. And I'm also a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> Um, I've been a people pleaser all of my life um, and I'm someone who doesn't really like I certainly don't want to upset anyone else I don't like to push the boat too much Um, my granddad had recently passed away so you know my family was dealing with a lot of grief and I was like the last thing I want to do is add more stress to them if they don't want me going maybe I shouldn't but there was this this nagging feeling of like I have to do this and the dates that I wanted to go were across my birthday. And I just, there was something about those dates, like I have to go. Um, and yeah, like, even though it was going to upset some people and I had no idea what I was doing and they had no idea what I was doing, I, I did it. And yeah, it's completely and utterly changed my life. It was by far one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Every moment in there feels like a minute. Um I can't even put into the words the experience even a few years later but also the best thing I've ever done for myself it's by far the greatest gift I've ever been given I don't I don't think I would ever be able to repay my gratitude um I try and express my gratitude by you know continuing to share my experience and try to create positive change elsewhere and use the tools I've learned and share them with others because I so strongly believe in them Um, And what I realized during that experience is that for so long, I've been so afraid of meditating because I was worried about the Pandora's box effect, right? But what I realized is I was carrying that box with me the entire time. It's actually something I've talked about on an episode of my podcast I just released um, with Anne. And yeah, I realized the thing I was so worried about opening I was bringing it with me every single place I went like I was carrying that the entire time so it was it was already there the box was already open 
And actually, I think so often the the fear of approaching that box and opening that box was almost scarier than what was in the box itself. I'd like built it up and built it up. Um, so yeah, the what meditations taught me is it's allowed me to really sit with myself and realize and also look so with the pasana the first few days you're just concentrating on your breath but you're not doing anything special with your breath you're not like doing an extra deep breath or an extra shallow breath like you're just concentrating on your breath just what your body's naturally doing um and then after the first few days you start doing body scans so you're just looking at the sensations in your body and it really made me look at my body and what was going on and you actually realize like we we are all made up of sensations right that with sensations happen all the time but we as people attach feelings to it so we might feel like a burning feeling and think oh burning that's um i remember that thing that's guilt that's anger that's what that feels like and that's bad i shouldn't feel like that or oh this really light feeling that's like happiness oh i want more of that how can i get more of that <laughs> you know whereas actually they're just sensations our body does it all the time and it really made me look and reflect on those things and yeah made me realize the the things that I was scared of I was carrying the whole time and I don't have to be carrying these things with me some things are quite hard to put down at the moment and it might take me a little bit longer but I don't have to carry them all at once maybe I can put it to the side for a little bit and pick it up later there's some things where I'm like, do you know what? I don't need to carry this anymore. It doesn't serve me anymore. Um, and meditation, yeah, was such a gift in that. And then since doing um, like breath work, um, I'm a personal trainer and I do a lot of breath work with my clients um, and looking at exercise. Because so often we'll look at, you know, running really great speeds and all this stuff, but we're not even looking at how we're, how we're breathing, which is such a basic thing. Um, a lot of cold water therapy music for me is also huge that's kind of my north star in a lot of ways creativity means so much to me um, so yeah so that's that's kind of how meditation came about um, just as a way of trying to kind of help heal myself I started and I couldn't even do five minutes and I'm still no way near an expert, but that um, experience changed me hugely. And I'm, I'm allowed, I'm a lot more comfortable. With yeah, that's that actually um, really interesting because I've obviously heard of Vipassana meditation. Yoga and meditation is like a huge part of our culture and it, it is. And uh, I've, I've heard about Vipassana meditation for a long time and I was terrified of it. Like the more mm. I looked into it, like I wanted to do it. But at the same time, I knew there is no way in hell I could do it. I feel like I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm a long way from that. And I, I think uh, I, I, I also saw Dom, I think, uh, in an interview talk about Vipassana meditation. And it was uh, this, this, con, this, uh, this, like my own thoughts about Vipassana meditation was a couple of years ago. And I, I was nowhere near in a space where I could consider um, something like this. And I think uh, I was still dealing with so many things of my own at that point in time. And I still do. But in that that space, I think that was before I even sought out therapy and like actually started dealing with my things. In that point in time, in that point in my life, I was like, nope. Yeah, I'm not. I'm too scared to do it. And like, that's the that's the word I would use. Scared, terrified, 
absolutely yeah. petrified of the idea of like 10 days no i was not ready to be alone with my thoughts and i sort of i think went on with life and i didn't really think much like it didn't come up as much like specifically vipassana meditation i think a couple of months ago i i, I think i heard an interview of dom itself um talking about like their experience with uh, meditation and like specifically vipassana meditation and it's sort of like oh wait yeah that was a that was a thing that i thought about for a while as well and like it sort of like reminded me of like maybe i should check it out again and it's it's like i I've, i've done the research like there is a vipassana retreat in the same city that i'm in right now and i have like mm. like it is it is bookmarked in my laptop and then i tend to like open it from time to time like should i should i not should i should i not and i do hope that i will come to a place where i feel like i can because i want to experience it as well but i'm still scared i'm not even going to lie it is it's like is it like being alone with the thoughts is that my daughter box else. and for some people it just might not be part of their journey and for others like it it might take a little while for the the time to feel right it's just not you're just not there yet um you know and you don't have to go on a 10 day silent meditation retreat to get better at meditating you know and i think a lot of people my this is myself included like um a while back of we seem to have often have this all or nothing approach and mm-hmm. a lot of people meditation as this beautiful zen experience and they think that if they're not having this beautiful zen experience the whole time then they're failing at meditation whereas actually if so many people speak to me about meditation um because of my previous experience and they're like you know i just i can't meditate they're like i'm sat there and all i can just all like all i can i can't shut off my thoughts i've just got these thoughts happening and i was like okay well who's where are these thoughts coming from like who's observing these thoughts and they're like well well like like me <laughs> i was like well you are meditating then so if you're sat there and you're aware you're observing your own thoughts and aware of them like you are meditating you know <laughs> that's the start of your journey it's not always sometimes for some people it's never exenic an experience you know um that's it's that's all a part of it um and yeah it's it's a journey it's still a journey for me but uh yeah it was it was such a gift um but yeah it's it's funny it's one of those things where i say like don't do it until you're ready but at the mm-hmm. same time having done it i also believe you will never be ready <laughs> i i was the person who like i couldn't sit still even for a few seconds i mean i think that's also one of the reasons why i do take up like 100 projects at one go is because i need to keep myself busy and mm-hmm. i think uh that was such like a that was a very destructive coping mechanism that i personally used because when i did it before i did the 100 things at a time because i didn't want to deal with my stuff and i just put it in that pandora's box and just filled that box up and that box got huge and when like i mentioned to you i had that injury that sort of like got me bedridden for a good amount of time and i was literally brought to a standstill i was on a bed for about 10 months i couldn't do anything other than bend my leg that was what i was allowed to do and that particular year mm-hmm. was probably one of the hardest for because all those years that i spent avoiding things 
yeah everything hit me at one go when i didn't have anything to distract my mind and that was very difficult to deal with and i was i was literally locked down in the house where my brother died so that environment also never helped and for a good 8 months i'll be stuck at the house the entire time once a week i would go out and going out was mm. to literally go to the hospital so that was my life for yeah. a good 8 months which was really really hard for me to deal with and mm. that post that was kind of when things really changed for me and my perspective about a lot of things changed for me and i'm it's almost weird to say it but i'm grateful for that experience even though that was a personal hell for me quite honestly but it did make me force me grow in a lot of ways and i do find myself now in a place where i think like i might be able to handle um giving meditation a more uh, i don't know maybe a longer try and i mean i was a person who couldn't sit for a minute without thinking or like trying to do things and no. i want to recognize <laughs> i want to say that i do even now take 100 projects at a go i do it i know i do but i it's not in the same way that i used to do like it's not i'm not doing it now to avoid my things i do deal with my yeah. things which i think is mm. progress for myself no absolutely and it, yeah there is a difference it's so important like i said i i've come out of that and i still someone i i have a lot of projects going and also i still do a lot of exercise but exactly like you said it it's my approach to it is so much healthier i'm doing that for my health or for my own enjoyment or betterment rather than as a distraction technique yeah i think that makes such a huge difference like i've personally seen it very different like what i was doing 100 projects then and now when i'm doing 100 projects now my approach to it is very different the way i don't burn out the way i used to and just in general my energy levels are also so much more different and my headspace is also a lot more i guess more healthier as well so yeah i mean i guess yes that makes me so happy that's awesome good for you that's okay awesome. when do you feel most yourself mm i feel most myself um i said in terms of environment i think the most i've ever felt myself is definitely at camp um i mean i'm in nature i'm surrounded by people who have a similar energy to me um that we're all waking up every day and wanting to create better change in some way um it really is such a beautiful community there as well um and we really do lift each other up and support each other and um at camp they really do encourage you to like play i think that's something as adults we so often forget and we can be so like you know on our path um and um you know even doing be- even though we're doing beautiful things like beautiful projects etc we can get you know um we can sometimes forget to stop and play and be in the moment um and that's something really beautiful that um every day at camp i was just playing in some way and being myself um creativity is so hugely important to me um that yeah that really is my north star in my life of like creativity it's been such a big part of my healing journey as well 
um, and it's such an essential part of me. So to be able to wake up every day and be creative um, and use my creativity to help others and help heal myself and help heal others, um, that's really where I felt um, that I could be most myself, my most true and authentic self. And then on a day-to-day basis, I think just, you know, my, my, my tools of coming back to things that connect me back to my body, like meditation, being in nature, um, you know, shadow work, um, music, things like that, just allow, anything that allows me to connect with myself and be aware of like my body and my mind and make that connection together, I think is when I feel most myself. What about you? Um. You know, when I was thinking about this, I started like thinking about like uh, maybe as a career approach or something like that. When when did I feel most myself? And like just thinking about like an environment, I think I've been very lucky to get a chance to work with some um, incredible lawyers, uh, like top of the field. And I got like a lot of exposure into um, like criminal law. And like I really got to like get into the depths of that field in my legal career and I also got a chance to work with this huge MNC and get a chance to like take a look at like what the corporate lifestyle is with in the legal career Mm. and it was an incredible learning experience and I realized that I can do it I can put in the time and I can I know the work but it didn't feel satisfying I didn't feel content Mm. in any way but then there was the nonprofit that I continued to work with mm. and I had never felt more like content and like myself when I worked with them and honestly even when I do anything mind matters related and what I realized is again I still think it sounds very very cheesy but it's when I'm able to do anything that can help someone or have mm. some sort of positive effect or just people feel less alone or individuals feel less alone or I think that's when I feel the most myself when I can do something that's helping people or helping others out there I still think it's very cheesy yeah I don't think it's cheesy at all and I can feel that and you just have the biggest smile on your face talking about (laughs) it and that's that's why that's one of like the pillars of my podcast is that I truly believe if you talk to people about something they're passionate about, it brings out the very best in them. It's so hard to to hide passion, you know. Um, people come alive when they talk about those things. And like like you have been just now, like you just light up talking about your podcast and it clearly means so much to you. So I love to hear that that's... I think um, when, when it comes to like mind matters, I think for two reasons, it's so, so personal to me. Like one is obviously mm-hmm. because I know that maybe it is helping people out there. Like even if it's just mm-hmm. one person out there, I'm I'm content with it. But another reason why I... Definitely more, I'm sure. But like another reason why I think it's so personal to me is because this this did like sort of come out of what, was my greatest loss which was my brother mm-hmm. and this almost I, I I cannot say this enough every day that I wake up and I'm able to do anything with this project I have mm-hmm. so so much gratitude for it because to mm-hmm. every individual that has been 
a part of mind matters like whether it's they've been on an episode or whether they've helped me out in some uh, they've given me support to continue with this i have so much gratitude for each and every single one of them because keeping mind matters going almost feels like an extension of keeping my brother here with me and it's that's mm. the kind of like it's almost like an homage to him and i can only hope that maybe he's proud of what i'm doing and he'd be happy to see that even though i did it is without a doubt he was the most important person in my life like a little context of what our relationship mm-hmm. was i have two working parents um my brother and i were 8 years apart so it was literally us two parents weren't around yeah um, we my grandfather lived with us my dad's dad and unfortunately to say this but he was not a very kind man and he had a lot of issues that he probably should have dealt with but that generation they never would have considered it and it was so normalized as well uh, but things would often get very violent at home and i've had to experience a lot of domestic abuse till like the age of 12 and i feel like a lot of times when people find out how old i am they are very surprised by it because i tend to sound a lot more mature than what my age yeah. is and i think a big part of that is because i've had to grow up a lot a lot earlier in life and i don't like if you ask me what's a stand out memory from my childhood it is not something ple- pleasant i don't have mm-hmm. a very pleasant story to tell with that kind of a question but because of like the age gap between my brother and i and like i was the little mm-hmm. sister and he was very protective of me like yeah. even if he wouldn't like outright say it he was very protective of me and like these are things that i'm finding out even now because i i'm i've stayed in touch with a lot of his friends and his friends have been incredibly kind to like sort of st- step into that role for me even now and they're like they talk about like i'm a self prescribed brother for you obviously i will not take his place but things like that and uh, i love hearing stories about him and i i still like I love to hear those stories especially when they talk about like how protective he was it's funny but also like it just warms my heart but that's the kind of relationship Sanjay and I had like we were that close and even if we didn't always say it it was like a very unspoken thing with us he was the most important person for me and when I lost him it was like a part of me died on the in the inside yeah. as dramatic as that sounds but it's 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 as honest as I can be but like being able to keep mind matters going it feels like i'm able to keep a part of him with me as well and mm-hmm. i have so much gratitude for every single person who has ever been a part of my matters in whatever capacity and helping me keep this going because it feels like i'm able to keep him going as well so that's kind of why this this project is something i'm yeah. so so passionate about it's not just sort of like because i want to do that sort of change and like want to do that help but it's it's almost selfish to be honest because it's helping me keep him alive for me as well but yeah that's kind of why but yeah yeah no not selfish at all and well thank you so much for sharing that with me i, I truly appreciate it um and i think your honesty will, will help others as well and um I'm I'm proud of you. I'm oh, super proud you. of how you're up and what you're achieving. So, um I can only imagine what someone who had such a close bond with you would feel about it. I mean, it's a very powerful. Um no, I can only imagine um 
how proud he would be of you um, after having such a special bond with him. It's such a beautiful thing. And yeah, there's, I can, it's, it's something I was talking with Des about recently, actually, and she um, articulated it so much better and more beautifully <laughs> than I can. Um, but she was essentially talking about the idea of how two truths can exist at one time, right? I think we grow up very much in a society that teaches us it's either one thing or it's the other, um, you know, but you can be doing really well, but struggling exactly at the same mm -hmm. time, you know, you can be have this euphoric feeling of doing this podcast, but also be grieving as well. You know, it, it can be very bittersweet. So it really is this beautiful thing where you're able to connect with others. Um, but also at the same time, you are still managing your grief. So it's that idea of like gaining so much, but mm. also having to accept this massive um, and, you know, and we, we I hope that and Des and I were saying this, that we hope that, um, you know, as a society, we can create more space for having two truths at the same time. Right. These nuances in life um, and not only dealing with such a big loss of a person, but also that idea I've personally like I mentioned, I had some very difficult experiences as a child and I had, they, they caused me to have to grow up very quickly. Um, and that is a massive sense of grief in itself. You're kind of grieving I know what your you childhood in a way. So that's a completely different loss altogether. And that's something I'm very much still working through. Um, and there's a lot of big emotions with that too, right? Um, and it's like you mentioned earlier, like anger can be one of them. And that's something else as society, especially as women, um, we are told, you know, it's wrong to be angry. That's, you know, unladylike. That is, that's a bad emotion to have. Whereas actually, that's a really important and healthy emotion. And we need to feel that, you know, if you've got any, any emotion, doesn't matter what it is or how overwhelming it is. If that is, if it's overwhelming, you need to get it out of you somehow, right? That's your body telling you like, I need to feel this. This is so big that my body can't contain it. So I need to share this. I need to get it out of me somehow. And by talking about it, um, that's why your podcast, I think is so important of like sharing these experiences and sharing our tools. We can find healthier ways to actually share these emotions. Like you said before, like, punching a wall um that's not sustainable but that doesn't mean that was wrong because when you didn't have any tools to help you and you'd never really talked about it before then how else would you get rid of that anger at that time you you, you wouldn't know you were just your body at that sense was just so raw of like I have to get it out of me and over time and through shared experiences and perspectives, which is exactly what your podcast talks about, we can learn together, right? We can share these tools to find healthier ways to be fully human and share all of these emotions, which are actually part of the human experience. None of them are bad. Um, so yeah, so thank you for sharing that. And I'm I'm proud of you, like I said. And I, I think your your podcast is beautiful and I love how it's helping people. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I mean, like it's like I said, I heard a story 
and that story changed everything for me and that's kind of why mm-hmm. i took the approach with perspectives as let's share stories let's share experiences because when we talk about these things we really learn so much and one of the reasons that i really wanted to have the story sharing perspective is because like when you hear these kind of stories you don't have to relate to the situation you could possibly have a completely different experience but if you resonate with the even a bit of like the story or like the feelings that are mm-hmm. coming out of it it validates what you've gone through and it makes you feel seen and it acknowledges your existence and your experience and that makes you feel less alone and which is such a big big part of like what i want to do with mind matters so like that's why perspectives is all about like having conversations and sharing stories and yeah and it's kind of insane how i've been lucky to like have so many conversations and like meet such cool people like honest to god i never thought i would meet so many individuals and like make such cool friends and oh it's awesome like met some lucky but i don't think it's lucky at all i think i think it's a result of firstly a lot of hard work you put so much hard work and love and care into what you do but also i think it's a natural result of your um authenticity like like i said your your ability to be authentic to be vulnerable to empathize and i think your energy attract others so i don't think it's luck at all i think it's inevitable i think it's inevitable you're going to find equally awesome people on your path it has been incredible present company included one of the most awesome people i've gotten a chance to meet to be very frank like i have loved chatting with you this episode a lot as well as the last time we chatted but seriously Okay. I know. Is it like I've... a long? <laughs> I, who knows? Uh, I'm not even sure like how long this episode has gone for, and I don't want to take up too much more time. Not, not, not yours. I'm not talking about your time. I'm sure, and I've accepted that you enjoy talking to me, and uh, mm. but like putting people through listening to my voice for this long. Mm-mm. So I want to ask one last question, which okay. is, what moment in your life are you most proud of? Hmm. See, this has come back to bite me because I asked you this. <laughs> I didn't think about answering it myself. Um, what moment in my life am I most proud of? Um, good question. Well, it's your question, so I know, but I didn't think about this. Um, I should be more prepared. And and something actually, I I I. Pride is something I hugely struggle with, so I'm honest, actually. So that, that is, is something the I... same reason why I asked you the question because I wanted to answer it. <laughs> but it is going to come back to you, my dear. Um, yeah, pride is something actually I, I still find hugely difficult. I'm um, for myself. I have so much pride for my friends um, and my found family. I can shoot. I can shout to the rooftops about the people in my life that I'm so proud of. I find it so easy to express pride and gratitude for them and the things they're doing. Um, but I find it extremely difficult to be, to be proud of myself. So that's very much a self-love journey that I'm still on and working on. Um, I don't know if ever it's one 
moment that I'm proud of, but maybe like collective decisions. I think something that I'm I'm proud of is for as long as I can remember, I've always had this innate sense in me to 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 help people and to speak out for others. For example, like even at school, um, I was never bullied for myself. I was bullied because I would stand up for other people. Like if someone was being picked on in the playground or someone was being talked about not nicely, like I would speak up. I'd say, hey, um, you know, that really isn't okay. Like I would be really upset if I was being spoken to about that way. Like, could we move the conversation on? It's making me uncomfortable. And, and people don't like to have a mirror shown in their face, right? That people don't like you pointing out that maybe they're not behaving in the nicest way. Um because you're not validating their behavior, right? And then, so I would then get bullied. <laughs> People would pick on me. Um, and I was always like, it's never nice, but I was always okay with that because I was like, I would rather be picked on than the other person. And that's, I've, from as long as I can remember, I've, I've always had that sense in me. Like I won't, I won't even hesitate to stand up for someone else or to use my voice in that what's so uh, interesting is like I have a real difficult relationship with my voice right it's something I find very difficult and I find it very difficult to advocate for myself but I've never ever had an issue to advocate for others and to stand up for others and to say no to something that I see that I believe is wrong um and that's something that's ongoing throughout my life that I'm I'm very proud of it's it's like even little things I remember being 11 years old um, and I was in my last year of primary school and there at the end of the year there was this award and it was called the friendship award and you, like basically your classmates had to vote for it and so um, like I voted for my friend who I thought was always lovely and I just didn't even think but I wasn't even really on my radar and then at the end of the year like I won that award and I remember being so over like a overwhelmed and couldn't even believe it like it gen you know sometimes there's things that you think oh maybe I'm in with a chance like it genuinely wasn't even on my radar and that time in my life had actually been particularly difficult at that age because I think at that age girls can be very well the girls that I was around could be very gossipy um, and that because you're starting to feel insecure at that age you're starting mm. to realize yourself and you're starting to realize boys and things like that um, and everyone's growing and it's scary um, so people again distract themselves or hide that they can often then talk about other people and that's something I would never ever get involved with so that isolated me from a lot of the girls in my class and quite often like there was some mean girls in my class and then I wouldn't get invited to anything and my head, I was like, do you know what? That's okay, because I would I don't want to be in that environment where they're talking about others unkindly. And I want to be I want to be friends with everyone. And then same with like the boys. I grew up with three brothers, so I'd be like on the football courts playing football, but then even there I didn't quite fit in because you know they're at well in the end, but at start they're like, Don't pass to her, she's a girl, or whatever. I really had to prove myself there um you know so I really did try to be a friend to everyone and that's something at that age to kind of 
get that award that I wasn't expecting, even though that it's such an insignificant thing, it doesn't mean anything. And I was 11 years old. That's something that I, I'm, I'm proud of like that of myself and that that's been a reoccurring theme in my life that even if I can't advocate for myself at times and I really struggle to use my own voice and have a difficult relationship, I've always, always used my voice to help others and to stand up for what's wrong or used my creativity to help others to make things better. So it's not necessarily one moment, but it's like um, a collective moment throughout my life where I've tried to use my voice, my body, my time, my energy to to help others where I can. I absolutely love that. And I don't think there's anything more wonderful about a person who wants to do something for others. It is just, there is just something so beautiful about it that I just, I have so much respect and admiration for you. And this is something I told you even last time when we met and it was one of the reasons why I really, really, really wanted you on Mind Matters as well because you could feel that passion and that energy when I could like see you have conversations with other individuals like when I've heard you on your podcast and I was like, okay, I have to reach out. I need to have like, even if you didn't come on the podcast, I would have been fine with it. I just wanted to have like a conversation with you to be honest. Thank you. That means a lot. And what about you? What moment are you most proud of? I also have a very big, like, complicated relationship with that word, proud and like pride for myself. Again, like, like you said, for people in my life, individuals that I know, friends, chosen family, all of that, I can scream it from the rooftop about how proud I am about their actions. But I have always struggled with saying that I'm proud of something I've done or I'm proud of a project or any sort of like thing with myself and I still struggle with saying that word and I think uh, and especially like a lot of people lately have been telling me about like you should be proud of mind matters it's making a difference you're you're saving someone's life and things like that and and it all comes from like really Uh, like good intentions of them saying that to me but I still feel like a very I'm still struggling with the whole imposter syndrome and I sometimes still feel like I'm a fraud and like doing mind matters and like I feel like a fraud 99% of the time and so difficult yeah yeah I understand I I like I I don't know like again it's not like a, a specific moment I can say but I think one thing that I'm trying to come to terms with about how I can, uh, like, I want to say that I'm proud of this bit of myself is uh, I'm not even 23, by the way. I turned 23 in September. So in my twin, almost 23 years of existence, mm. till the age of 12, I had experienced domestic abuse. At the age of 14, there was an incident that really changed a lot of things for me that I still struggle to talk about. Um, Mm. At the age of 16, my brother died. And at the age of 20, I lost my ability to walk. And I went through like a 15 month process of being bedridden, surgery, learn to walk again. And I also experienced bullying throughout school and I wanted to change schools. But I didn't get to do that because I was in a school because of 
it was kind of a legacy thing everyone in my family went to that particular school so i had mm. to go to that school i had to graduate from there and it wasn't a great environment for me it was very toxic and what i like this is a conversation i had with one of my closest friends who's known me since i was 2 years old like we've known each other since we were 2 we're both mm. almost 23 so this is 22 years of our lives we like we've been together for like a good 20 years and yeah. she was like and she knows everything that's happened to me because we've been she's been there through the entire thing and one day she asked me how are you not bitter how are you not pessimistic with life how are you still dri- like driven by compassion and kindness and like want to help people and i think that something that really made me think like that actually is a good question like considering everything that i've been through yeah which is why we are to say it out loud as well like to say it from my own perspective like to say it out loud myself that even though all of that happened i guess i i want to come to a place where i can say i'm proud of the fact that i'm not bitter and that i still would like to i would like to think that compassion is one of my <laughs> better qualities that is seen and translated through my actions as well because i would like to think like for me personally as principles of like what i do with life or how i attempt or like approach anything is it comes from a place of kindness and compassion those are two very strong uh, like principles for me that i like to work on and she asked me like why how is it that you never turned bitter and like you never took such a negative approach and like because it it could it would have been very easy to like sort of despise everything in life and it would be sort of justifiable as well because of the experiences that i had so i guess that's something i'm proud of like not being that way i guess i don't know i'm still i still struggle to say the word like i i find it very weird to say it like i can't say i can't i cannot say that i'm proud of myself i still can't and that's okay it's 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 a journey um it's a journey and you'll have people in in your life that can hold that for you um i'll i'll be proud of you and i'll carry it double double pride for, for for us both until you're ready to to take some of that pride on yourself i'll carry it for the both of us you are so, very kind um but no it's it's definitely a journey you know um it's something i've talked about a lot i talked about it with dom as well um the idea of like we can have an intellectual understanding of something you know and yeah. then and experiencing that is completely different so when you look at that collectively you think you know i i should actually probably feel proud of myself you know for all of these experiences i've gone through and instead of letting myself be bitter i've actually to try my absolute best to use those experiences to help others um but fully accepting and fully feeling that sense of pride in yourself is a is a different level and i know certainly I'm working on the experiential feeling of feeling that pride for myself. Let me know um, if you figure it out cuz I definitely am still on that work in progress. <laughs> I will my friend. I'll I'll write down the instructions for you when I work it out. Um but I I I I sincerely hope that along your journey you can you can experience some of that pride for yourself but um beautifully articulated my friend. Thank you. I I'm I I that question came back and bit me in the ass as well clearly. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's bad when that happens, isn't it? I... <laughs> well, you yeah, thought of it, so it's I it's know, on you. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not proud of myself for that one. Um, however, it, it it did a very good, beautiful answer from you. So so maybe I'll be a little proud of myself. I'm sorry, your answer was absolutely wonderful, and I honestly I can see that in you even now, like the the want to like help. and it's it comes from such a genuine place and it it is very authentically visible from you like i had never met you before and i was so drawn to your energy and your approach to life and just like the way you think and that's why i wanted to like reach out when i was reaching out as well i wanted to say the right thing because i did not want you to say no <laughs> but i am <laughs> But no, it was a hundred percent yes. I felt it was a yes with all my. It was a full body yes, as Elizabeth Gilbert would say. I am yes. glad, but yeah, I mean <laughs> that sort of energy that you give out was something that I could connect with, and why I was so drawn towards like your podcast and the kind of conversations you have, and I love the your core principles of the podcast as well, and why I wanted to have that discussion with you, even if you didn't. like even if we didn't do this episode like if we didn't have this discussion for mm-hmm. the podcast like i've just gotten this chance to like learn so much from you just having a conversation which has been incredible so thank you oh likewise my friends the um admiration and the respect is mutual so thank you so much for reaching out i i appreciate it and it's been an absolute pleasure to connect and get to learn you better and um yeah no it's and I was super nervous about doing this when you reached out I was like why on earth does she want to speak to me <laughs> genuinely I was I was so confused um because you know I'm I'm still on my my own healing journey and like I said 99% of the time I feel like an absolute fraud oh my god um, I know what there's you been mean. many of a podcast where i think do you know what i'm i can't put this out because this person's just amazing and i just not you know and i really that struggle sharing that is my that is the in, that is the feeling that i have with the entire new series that is coming out and i'm just like i am not the person here who should be doing this oh you are like <laughs> all of these people that have said yes and want to connect with you that that's no that's no mistake but uh, then i also know to again and like we said it it's very difficult it very different people having pride for us but it's a completely different thing to then have pride for ourselves and that's part of the journey isn't it and that's part yeah. of why i feel like bored of I, I i'm so present when i'm doing my podcast like i'm fully engaged with the person i'm speaking with and i'm so in the moment and the conversation just flows and i i genuinely mean what i'm talking about but then healing is a journey right so i could be on the podcast you know talking about how meditation has helped me on my journey you know and i've really grown and i'm learning and then you know the next day even i might be struggling to get out of bed because i you know i just having this bad day and there's certain things on your healing journey where there's moments where you can just think i'm never going to heal from this this is so difficult this is so hard like this is my everest you know and then another day you might be having a good day again um something i've learned is healing is not linear oh it's definitely not i i mean i remember des and i have had like such lengthy yeah. conversations about the concept of healing and linearity 
it's just not the same no it's ever changing and and like I said and Des put it so beautifully like it it I think we need more space to hold two truths at one time like you're not a fraud like it's actually very normal and acceptable to be feeling these things like at, you you can be making amazing progress on your healing journey but also be really struggling at the same time and both of those things are true you're not a fraud <laughs> because one moment you feel like you're really making progress and then within the same moment you're not you know um that's just part of being human and that the, the the that healing journey and experience so um thank you for reaching out and encouraging me to do this even though it, it, it's scary for me I, I appreciate it thank you for accepting the invite oh easy full body yes like I said. <laughs> okay uh before we end the episode there is always one question that i end with every single person that i talk to which okay. is do you have anything you want to leave with the listeners? If is there any words or thoughts or advice or anything you want to let them sit with post listening to this? Wonderful. Okay. And I'd like to know your thoughts on this as well, because it's something I also similarly ask on my podcast. Um, words of wisdom. I think there's three things things in my life that like have always like have come up for me in a big way one of them is always connect like in every moment I always try and think of remind myself to connect like doesn't matter what the situation or who the person is or how different they might seem to us I truly believe that there's always an opportunity to connect with others we've just gotta we've gotta find it so always connect is one of them Another big thing in my life is that I believe, I don't believe there's ever like mistakes in life. I think things are either a blessing or a lesson. Things either come in our life to, you know, bless us or, you know, better us in some way, or there's a lesson somewhere to be learned, even if it's a really difficult lesson and it doesn't make sense at the time. And then the final thing that was really big, particularly on like my mental health journey when I've been struggling, I've had some really, really low points. And it's it was the idea that I think if you if you truly believe you've reached rock bottom, then there's only up to go. Like if if you've hit rock bottom and you truly believe you you like nothing in that moment it can feel so lonely and isolating and scary and like you just want it to stop if and you just think I I just feel worse than this and just remember reminding myself like nothing can feel worse than this so that means things can only get better. You know, if I reach rock bottom, I can only go upwards. And that has certainly been a guiding force along my journey. So those are the three things. I love I'd those. Like and what about yourself? I have literally never been asked this question. I have gotten away of recording all over 25, 30 episodes and yeah. never had to answer this question. Well, um, I am honored to be the person to ask it. I'm not even surprised that it's you that's asking me like you have put me in the place to like you have made me think about things that I never would have done on my own podcast like being the host (laughs) (laughs) um 
okay uh, i think if i had to say anything it would probably be always be open and ready to connect to learn to grow to like expose yourself to experiences that you probably wouldn't have before to discussions you probably wouldn't have been before even if it makes you uncomfortable push through a little take it step by step if it makes you uncomfortable but there are like life the world it's never static it's dynamic we are constantly growing we are constantly learning we're constantly changing and i think we if we accept the fact that there are always going to be things we need to unlearn and that there are always going to be things we need to learn and that's the only mm-hmm. way you can sort of live life and uh take responsibility mm-hmm. like another thing that i think is very important for me is with whatever i do i know for a factor i'm not an expert in anything that i'm saying and it is if i make a mistake i want to know i want to be held accountable and i want to take responsibility and i want to grow from that and mm-hmm. i think it's important that in any aspect of life take responsibility for your actions don't um shy away don't sort of like wash your hands off it because that's not how we're going to grow and the last thing is which this mm-hmm. is a quote that i remember i heard it in a tv show a comic book tv show uh but it was something just really beautiful because i it, it said that life is both beautiful and terrible but if you're only living the beautiful parts of it you're not living life at all and i think oh. again that is just like it ties into like be open to uncomfortable things be open to like all your experiences be open to connect because it yeah. is such an experience like maybe not all of it is going to be good maybe some of it is going to be amazing maybe some of it is like you said it's probably a blessing or a lesson so just tying mm-hmm. into what you said as well but i guess that's what i would end with beautiful my friend what a fantastic way to tie that all up that quote just ties up the whole conversation perfectly it really yeah. did actually yeah, yeah. Well thank you it. comic books <laughs> respect no beautifully said and that was another episode of mind matters perspectives tune back next week for another one love and light to all